It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, May 17th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is having fun with our Flyers to-do list. So we're going to keep it going with more long-term goals today. Long-term goals. That sounds serious. Yeah. Well, trust the process. (laughs) All right. Let's start the show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. You can subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube. We're now on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, looking at you know what the uh, Flyers have been doing as far as their uh, long-term goals or what we think they should be. Uh, we have a lot to get into, and I I joked about trusting the process here in terms of nobody trusts you know, it for the Sixers anymore. I know it's over. I know, and so I I like worry about whether or not they're gonna go in that direction, right? Just like trust us, and Philadelphia sports fans have been burned on that. So that's just something I keep in the, in the back of my head. So I hope they use a different approach. They have to. In terms of how they message They have it, to. Right? They can't use those words. They can't even try and copy that that way that they did it. If any of it sort of gives people like the feeling that it's the Sixers, it's not going to go over well. So they they have to stay away from that part of it. Yeah, they do. In the meantime, uh, real quick before we dig into that a little bit more uh, today is you know, one of the first couple of days without hockey in a long time because, you know, there are fewer teams left in the playoffs. We've got off days now. And so, you know, the conference championships aren't starting until tomorrow. But uh, we talked a little bit about Florida versus Carolina on yesterday's show. My gut says Carolina, but uh, I don't know because Florida has been surprising us all playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I like Florida because I feel like they're coming in hot. I mean, they both are, but I feel like they have a little bit more. I feel like their confidence is soaring. I know that Carolina's best defense is going to be their defense and their forecheck and all that. But I think that Florida right now, with getting what Bob's getting, even though Bob's losing a lot of weight during games, did you see that? I mean, it's it's one of those things where yeah, he's working, he's working hard. hard. He's working hard, but. So Zach Bled, because he's kind of making up the difference with Bob on what's wrong with their defense. Um, Carolina is going to try and make up the difference on offense. I know they had a little bit of an outburst that last game against the Devils, but I think the Devils just broke down at that point. So I feel like this 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 one feels like it's going to go seven, but I do I do like Florida. I feel like they have a lot of different guys that could score. I'm seeing the best play I've seen out of Anthony Duclair in a long time, and that speed is hard to handle. And I still don't love Carolina's goaltending. It's about the matchup, though, because I had some fans already hating on me after I got off serious, some Carolina fans. And I'm like, listen, I preseason, pre-playoffs, I was on a, on a morning show there, and I picked them 
as a 50% chance to make it to the conference final. Well, they've made it. And if they would have made it against somebody else, I'd be picking them. But right now, Florida just seems like the team for me that is overcoming all obstacles. Yeah. And I think for uh, Dallas versus Vegas, I got to go with Vegas here. I just feel like Dallas has been getting through these series and, and, you know, aren't playing to the best of their ability. Well, they're not. I mean, Jason Robertson doesn't have a goal, so Mm -hmm. they're clearly not. But if he were to get hot with everything else that's going on, I I do like Dallas. I think their goaltending is just a little better. If, you know, Thompson, Logan Thompson were goaltending for Vegas, I'd have a different feeling. Uh, Petrangelo is tremendous. Jack Eichel outplayed Connor McDavid to some degree last last series, which is a big deal. But I, I still go back to to Dallas and they were ice cold in their veins um, for game seven. Sagan looks like he's rolled it back a bit. He had a great game. Rupe hints and then Pavelski. You never know if he's going to put in four goals again. I, know. I, just, I think I think Dallas could do it. I think Ottinger could be the difference. Yeah, that is definitely possible. It's certainly kind of been up and down for Vegas this season as well. But but their core is just really performing right now. Oh, it's rock so, solid. It is. Yeah. And then uh, just one little bit of women's hockey news that might be relevant to some people out there. We've talked about the Metropolitan Riveters on this show many times. It's the closest uh, women's pro team to the Philadelphia area. They play in New Jersey. And um, they're getting a couple of really interesting signings this offseason. Uh, Nora Ratu, who is a Finnish legendary goaltender, and her Finnish teammate, uh, Susanna Tapani, who is a phenomenal hockey player, uh, many, many medals in world championships and the Olympics for Team Finland. And if both of them really are going to the Riveters, uh, that could be a, a real game changer for that team. And and I highly suggest that you follow them into the next season out there because uh, PHF hockey is getting real good going into next season. It is. Uh, Tapani, I just know the name. I don't re- really remember her play. I did mention Nora Ratu on another show because uh, her play is always phenomenal. I, I quoted yeah. her stats this year. I mean, if 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 she had better support on her team she wouldn't be piled up with bronze medals for like world championships and olympics she would have gold so even kevin allen felt like she's a hall of famer and, oh 100 and, and i do too and i think she's one of the best of her generation so I, I definitely tell people go out and see her because she is something special yeah absolutely yeah and and tapani has just been a mainstay on team finland for many many years she took last cycle off from team finland but she's getting back in the game and we are all going to be better for it all right digging back into the flyers to-do list we talked a little bit about the cap situation yesterday when we were talking more in the short term of you know what trades they can make now this off season but i think you know for me when you're getting you know the most in return for these trades sometimes waiting is is the better option and to me the time of trading that's going to be the most impactful especially around the cap situation is the next trade deadline because i think assuming we can get some you know good performances from some of these guys that's when these teams are going to be able to kind of give up more to get that last piece to get them moving forward to finish their regular season or into the playoffs. And, 
you know, I think that while some trades may make sense to do this offseason, I think in terms of this rebuild, next trade deadline is going to be key. Yeah, I agree with that. I think some of them, based on more money coming off and because they have longer term, are better to wait for. But my only caveat is when you've got a chance to peddle some of your wares at the draft to try and see uh, what teams with extra picks might do in a really good draft, I got to. I got to explore that a bit. So I am going to shoot out some names at this draft. I'm going to shoot out Konechny. I'm going to shoot. I'm even going to shoot out Nick Sealer. You know, I'm going to shoot out like four or five different names because if there's one team that says, Hey, I'll give you this. And you look at what you have or what you need as far as picks or what you feel like you could possibly do. If that works for you, um, the future is more important than the now. So, and the best place to, to start doing that is at the draft. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And you're going to consider everything. But I think that there's some guys that you may be willing to wait on yeah. if you don't get the kind of return offers that you think you want. Now, you're, you don't want to do that across the board because I think that, you know, you don't need to, you know, shoot yourself in the foot by right. turning down all the offers. But I, I do think that a guy like Konechny could go for more at the trade deadline and and then you get him you know playing for another season and helping you know some of your prospects develop sure but there's some other guys and I'm, but i'm still me personally i'm still going to put connecting his name out there but i'm still gonna i'm still gonna do it because i'm going to hope that there's some team out there that's trying to do a cup run that says you know we could part with this pick and maybe even this prospect because we think connecting is a you know a big ad for us. You know, that's, I, I got to look at it. Yeah. And then as far as, you know, the rest of the cap situation in terms of, sign, you know, potential signings and your RFA deals, like in terms of planning toward the future, like what else that's more long-term oriented can the Flyers be doing now? Yeah, they definitely could add to defense instead of just, you know, filling in uh, the Justin Braun types. And even Nick Sealer, I still don't look at him as a long-term flyer. Sorry. Um, I, I've got to, you know, realize that another year D'Angelo's gone. I, you know, maybe Adder comes in. Do I think Adder and Zamula are going to both play for the Flyers? Probably not. Something else will probably happen. Some other shoe will drop. So if I could bring in somebody for three or four years, whether it's in the trade or I trade a player and then I've got cap space and I can get that, I'm willing to do that if I feel like that player, no matter who the coach is, is going to make the team better even after the rebuild. So that's something where I'm willing to do that, but I'm not willing to, uh, let's say, sign Nick Sealer to a long-term deal for the next seven years because all of a sudden Torts likes him. No, I'm going to, if I'm Danny Briere, I'm putting my foot down and saying, listen, we'll see what Nick Sealer is after the season. We're not signing anybody long-term now. Uh, until we get this cap figured out. But those are the kinds of things I'd be thinking about. Yeah, you know, and other than maybe some guys that are on ELCs right now, there's really nobody that is in the position other than Carter Hart, let's say, right. that needs, you know, a re-signing with significant term on it. Right, and he's the one exception I would make if that's what he wants to do. And again, probably wouldn't be more than five years, so right. I could live with that one. But yeah, I'm not doing any others. And again, if all of a sudden mid-season you see that, you know, whether it's Tippett 
or Cates or Frost are really going to make this jump to the next level, okay, then maybe, you know, you revisit that. But you still could give some of those guys you can give bridge deals to. Right. Um, but actually, you know, see, Cates, like, you can't. Well, Cates, you can. You could do one bridge deal with Cates. Um, Frost, I think he's only got one more year before you're walking him to free agency. So it's a little it's a little tenuous that way. And Tippett, uh, he's just, you know, he's one more year, too, after this year. You got to look at it, and it's it's a it's a it's a tightrope. It is. It really is. All right, we've got more to talk about for Flyers' long term to dos, and we will do that coming up next. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle; every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. We'll be getting to your mailbag questions in the next segment. And if you have questions for us moving forward in future episodes, you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail. You can tweet us or comment on Instagram at lockdownflyers, and you will get all of your answer uh, questions answered on the show. So, more long term goals for the Flyers. Keith Jones, in his uh, initial stops on his uh, PR tour to talk about the team, he mentioned the blue line, which you did in the last segment as a top priority, and. I think planning for the Flyers blue line long term is an important thing to do because it can be, you know, the the heartbeat of your team in a lot of ways that, um, you know, you need solid goaltending, but you need a good defense in front of it. That has definitely been a weakness of the Flyers over the past several years. And I do think that they they have to look beyond Ivan Provorov, but he is going to be around for the next little bit. Yeah, I, I feel like he will be. Uh, maybe he won't be extended. Maybe he will end up in the metropolitan area like some of us think he will. But I think he'll write out his contract. And I think you kind of want him there to kind of help the younger defensemen because I think they need to be able to look at him and say, look at this guy. He's out there 40 minutes before, you know, more than that. It's like two hours before a game. Um out there doing stretches and everything else. He's beat staying longer on the ice than anybody at practice. He in the off season does extensive training to the point where we might tell him to ease up a little, you know, you want that you want him to show younger guys that. And so I think you need him around for that. Yeah, I can see that. And, and that's, I just don't think he's the kind of guy that the flyers are going to trade right now i mean he'll have a lot of value so i i understand that part but i feel like without him like there's not much there and despite how much keith jones said he loves risto like risto's not a top pairing defenseman no if you start to put him there 
whatever gains you made on him might start to slip backwards. Yeah, I think so, for sure. But that sort of leads into this player development discussion because we really need to be developing a strong decor moving forward and at least get, you know, whether Cam York stays on that top pairing for the future or, you know, we have Adderd, we have Zamula, just looking at potential future defensemen that the team drafts over the next several years. Uh, I feel like player development is going to be key because they're going to have to get to this point via drafting and developing. And and so I think, you know, taking a good hard look at, at your player development organization, a lot of ex-flyers there. We've talked about that, um, which, again, could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. But you have like Nick Schultz uh, in that group. You have Sam Moran, who's fresh in that group. Um, Shell Samuelson has been around for quite a, a long time. And I'm not saying any of these guys are bad at this job, but I think there's very little insight into it. Um, and just maybe getting some people from, you know, teams that have successfully drafted and developed defensemen, right? Yeah. I think, I think Shell does a good job, but I think as far as the other two, you mentioned there's too much newness and not enough um, going on. I think, um, one smart thing the Flyers could do is look at other sports and see what they're doing. I'm not saying look in Philadelphia because that's just too easy. Because not as, you know, I don't know if the Phillies are doing the right thing. Maybe the Eagles are. Maybe they're not. I mean, they made it to Super Bowl, but it doesn't mean it's just not off of talent. But you need to look at training methods. You need to look at how to record these training methods. You need to look at uh, how you're photographing them. You need to look at um, finding flaws. And in and trying to correct these things before these players leave, you know, camp uh, and before they start training camp for you, for, you know, the big camp, those kinds of things. If you could start to add to that and put in some wrinkles that you haven't had before and have some new data and have things that you could show the players, that would be really helpful. And I think they could use a lot more of that. And I, that's what I want to see them do is they need to get more techie with a lot of that and again um, we'll get into another aspect which is obvious yeah I, I think that's where they really could be innovating and working toward building a program that not only you know can take the guys that are supposed to be good and get them there but maybe develop more potential diamonds that you didn't know were there and look at some mm -hmm. of these guys that are deeper in the draft and get them further than maybe we would have anticipated them getting in the first place by having strong player development and working with their junior teams or their college teams or whatever it happens to be to make sure that we're getting the most out of the draft picks. Yeah, even like, you know, the Flyers went to the one extreme with Ron Hextall wanting all that, you know, anti-inflammatory food, which maybe some of it was over the top, to sort of sim seemingly slipping back and not really hearing about um, adhering or having their players doing uh, certain dietetic things or adding certain things into their um, diet to help them with training or recovery or whatever. Just really haven't seen anything with that. So uh, I'd like to see more with that. Absolutely. And then, of course, leads into a more hands-on approach to managing the phantoms. And we've talked a lot about that on the show. Um, 
Still really haven't heard anything about a potential GM for the Phantoms. It was not talked about at the uh, launch presser. It's a big question that both of us have for sure um, in terms of what direction they go for for the GM. But also, how does their player development um, reach into the Phantoms and the coaching staff for the Phantoms? And is there coordination between what the Phantoms are doing and what the Flyers are doing? from a coaching perspective and maybe breaking down that barrier a little bit. Yeah, there definitely would be if, if I were around in the sense that um, like we, we want to see a, like a full-time skating coach that works with both organizations. And right. you, the easiest way to do that is when camp starts, but also to kind of follow through with that during the year and, and even work with players during the year uh, just on little things like, Hey, you know, before you go out for this practice, let's chat for five minutes. Those kinds of things. I don't see those kinds of things going on very much and could be very beneficial because, again, right now uh, we're at a point where, you know, last year John Tortorella sent out a, a message, you know, a letter to players saying, hey, this is going to be a really hard camp. Be ready for it, right? Okay, well, they all survived the really hard camp, but a lot of them didn't get faster. A lot of them didn't get in better shape. So even what John thought was going to be uh, a big gain for them turned out to not be a big gain for them. It wasn't much at all. And they need to be a bit, it needs to be a bigger gain. So this is the only thing that you can kind of start this with is you have these couple of months while they're training in the summer where you can affect some change, but you got to get going on it. Yeah, I think that's huge. And and you're right. It's about not about skating more. It's a It's about skating better. Correct. And I think there's a big difference there. And you can, you know, do wind sprints all you want out there on the ice. But if your technique isn't good and there isn't a coach out there correcting what you're doing or improving what you're doing or working on your transitions with you, like all the wind sprints in the world isn't going to do you any good. All right. We are going to get to your mailbag questions. A lot of what have to do with what, uh, the Flyers should be doing right now. So it continues with the theme and we will do that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I look better and feel great wearing Bird Dog shorts and pants. Uh, their, their stretchy fabric uh, really looks good and, I, and it feels good. The, you know They're going to dry quickly if they get wet and they are pretty comfy. Compared to my other shorts and pants, they're really uh, top notch. I feel like they do give you a lot of freedom. Uh, you could do it doing yard work. Maybe if you're playing golf, you know, you're hanging out with your with your buddies, just even just, you know, doing a walk around the neighborhood with, you know, one of your dogs. That's, you know, I would be wearing them for that, too. And I and I do feel like uh, when you're more comfortable that you could work out better. And I do think you feel better. Uh, the shorts are really good for, you know, if you're wearing them to a baseball game. Obviously, I go, go to a lot of baseball games, so that would be fine. Uh, it's just, you know, on the drive in the parking lot, uh, if you have shorts that feel good, you are going to just feel better. You're going to, you know, have a better attitude, uh, all those things, you know, that's, that could really make a difference. Or even if I'm out covering, you know, flyers camp, if I feel better, that's going to help me with, you know, the six hour day that might be ahead of me. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter the promo code locked on NHL, They'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order, and it's a really good tumbler. Like it has a um, switch to open up the uh, the drinking area or not, so it won't leak, and it's really high quality. So definitely check it out. 
All right, Russ, getting to our mailbag questions. Our first one, uh, really interesting about a, a couple of draft options here. Uh, could Ryan Leonard be anything like Matthew Kachuk someday, a first line play driving winger with an edge uh, and wants to do a Ryan Leonard versus Oliver Moore comparison, which I think is something we could uh, get to kind of more in detail in one of our draft uh, episodes, but but what's your take on Ryan Leonard and comparing him to Matthew Kachuk? Yeah, I mean you you can't compare him to Kachuk because Kachuk is bigger, he's going to be stronger, <clears throat> and he has a lot of the same uh, techniques that that Leonard has. He goes to the net, he shoots really well, so he has what Leonard has already, but he also has what he doesn't have. And that's a little extra size and strength. And maybe that brain that Kachuk brain, that is just a known agitating um, device in the, in the NHL. Now Leonard is pretty close in that he likes to battle and he gets annoyed when he's losing battles, puck battles, and he wants to win all those things. And he does want to get to the net and has a really good shot, but I can't compare those two. Uh, The size difference is just, you know, just enough where I say, "Eh, can't do that. So, but I get what you're saying, but here's my feeling. And I can't give you a straight comparison for more, but uh, if I feel both guys are going to score similar amounts of points in the NHL, if it's close, and I'm worried about the position where more is a center or speed where more has a little more speed. Yes. There's going to be some more truculence with Leonard and yes, Leonard, may score more points, I'm probably still going to fall on the uh, side of Moore. And and that's no slight to Leonard. It's just the way it is. got to remember, Moore also plays on the second line, which is nowhere near as, as with the U.S. team, which is nowhere near as talented as that top line. And I think that's something else yeah, I've looked at and broken down a bit. So that's as much as I can give you right now. Yeah, I agree with you there because Oliver Moore carries that second line and Ryan Leonard is a little bit more of a passenger on that top line. And so I feel like Moore is going to give you, for lack of a better word, more skills (laughs) um, in terms of having different abilities and maybe playing in more situations than Leonard would. Um, I think Leonard is definitely, you know, five on five power play, but like you wouldn't put Ryan Leonard on a penalty kill, right? Oliver Moore, you'd think about it. Yes. I think absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, Scott via email wants to know if we'd be in favor of trading the number seven pick to someone who wanted to move up in a trade, which included taking Hayes or Sanheim. No, categorically no. Uh, simply because this player that I can get at seven could be a top-line player for me offensively. So if I can get a top-line player, why do I want to give that pick just to get the cap space? I'm not going to be good next year anyhow. But in three or four years when this player is ready to play, that contract's falling off anyhow. So all I'm doing is just something that is trying to push the process faster than it needs to go. So I would not do it. Yeah, I think the only situation I would consider it is if we've already gone through picks one through six and there's somebody sitting at eight or nine that wants to make that trade and three guys I'm a hundred percent okay with are still on the table at that point, you know, so that no matter who this team takes at seven, I'm going to be a hundred percent okay with who I would take at eight or nine. 
And that's like the only situation. Yeah, that that's I think... probably not going to happen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Charles wants to know or suggests that the Flyers will sign a defenseman to pair with Provorov in lieu of Cam York. They will also trade Sanheim and Risto for assets and or picks. D'Angelo being a cancer, uh, he's been trouble on every team he's played for. They will trade him and retain at least half of those salaries and get little in return. What are your thoughts on these possibilities this offseason? They're not going to retain half on everybody's salary, so they're not going to do that. D'Angelo, sure, because he's one more year. But that's still a tough sell because there may only be one team that wants him. Maybe Carolina takes him back because that's the price they would have paid. Um, as far as Varisto, you know, there's not a huge market for him right now because of the term. So even if you shaved off a little on a year or two of it, I don't know if you're going to get a big, big response for that. So I don't know if you're going to sign somebody to specifically play with Provorov. I'm going to guess there probably won't. Uh, maybe it'll end up being Zamula. Maybe it'll end up, uh, being Risto again for a while. You know, they'll figure it out. It's probably going to be Cam York, though. Like, that's my guess is they're just going to keep York with him and then hope at some point York turns into him. And so he could be their number one. But again, we'll see how that metamorphosis goes. But I think I think they're going to sign somebody, but I don't think it's going to be to play with Provorov. I think it's going to be more of a third pairing type. I think so. I think Cam York is, is the guy who's going to be with Ivan Provorov for – at least this next season, uh, we'll see after that. But I just, you know, again, with the term on all those contracts, D'Angelo is the only one they can trade right now. Um, I mean, I think they could trade those other guys with more of a player in return with maybe some similar contracts or, you know, adding picks in to balance out the value of the trade. But um, in terms of salary retention, I don't think that's going to do them any good getting out of the cap situation either. Yeah, I just don't see it happening this way at all. But, you know, stranger things have happened, I guess, with this team. Sure. Uh, last question. Uh, and this kind of relates uh, a little bit to the trust the process conversation we had at the beginning of the show. But is this a situation where things have to get worse before they get better? And if so, how do the Flyers counteract that? They really can't counteract it. It's going to get worse. I, I think um, Torts went full speed ahead last year to kind of prove a point so he got a couple extra wins and i don't think it really helped him in the end and so especially in the draft so i think uh this year he has to have a more of a steadier approach and not be so hung up on game to game stuff i think he looks at the big picture only to some degree and i do think he he was looking at guys as far as developing yes but he still was you know like, I don't just don't think he was honest enough anyhow with the fans. Like, he kept saying, well, we're not there. We're not there. We're not there. Yeah, okay, we know you're not there. Like, clearly, you weren't going to be a playoff team. You're not there. But I think uh, if he updated the fans a little bit better each week with the gains that some players are making, you don't have to tear them apart. We're not asking you to do that, John. But just the gains that some players are making and in his, you know, experience, how he thinks that's going – that would go a much longer way. So, like, if the Flyers have eight less wins this year, is it going to really matter? They had, what, seven more wins this year than last year, and I think they even floated that at the at the arena. And it's like, so what? You're like, you're still nowhere. 
Yeah, I, I really think that, you know, this year, you know, despite, you know, what we've heard so far is definitely going to be worse in terms of results. Uh, but I do think if they can be, you know, putting that player development plan together, like we talked about, if they're showing progress with the prospects, like people are going to be thrilled about that. I right. really do. I think that's, you know, where you look for your bright spots this season is how are people progressing to your point? Are we hearing about that progression? Are we seeing that progression firsthand right. by like incorporating phantom stuff into flyers marketing by incorporating prospect updates into give me a once a week prospect report yeah. in the arena. They they just yeah. they only did it at the end for like Brink and like two players. Otherwise, they were asleep at the wheel with that stuff. Yeah, and they they do it on the website, you know, and they have mm -hmm. like, you know, a weekly prospect update or every right. other week or whatever it is. But I don't think that that reaches enough. I it think It doesn't. You, you know, got to do it in the You have to do it in arena you and, do. and get people excited. I mean, JR Avon is in the OHL finals right, right. now. And we're not hearing anything Nothing. about it from the Flyers, and I think nope. they need to be doing more of that. I agree. All right, that will do it for today's show. Of course, we will be back tomorrow. Everyday listeners, you're going to get a lot of draft prospect information. We're going to talk about Matt Bay Mitchkoff, who could be available in the seventh pick in the first round. Plus, we're going to get to a third round pick possibility. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russell at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.